Hi everyone, this is Mary Guzman, founder and CEO of Crown Jewel Insurance, LLC. You're listening to episode one of my series called Cover Your Assets. The mission of Crown Jewel Insurance is to create a full suite of risk management solutions, including an up until now elusive first party insurance program for the protection of trade secret assets. My goal in this series is to enable senior business leaders to recognize the importance of trade secrets to their companies individually and to the U.S. economy in general, and how to protect and defend them. Today I'll be joined by Mark Halligan, attorney at Fisher Broyles, who is renowned for his expertise in enforcement of trade secret litigation and legislation, and I'm thrilled to have him here. With that, Mark, I'll turn it over to you to to tell us what a trade secret is. Well, the starting point of all of trade secrets law is the it analysis. What is it that you are alleging to be a trade secret? Uh, In today's modern definition of a trade secret, a trade secret protects any information, technical or non-technical information, all the way from the spectrum of secret formulas to marketing customer lists, the entire gamut. It protects negative know-how. What doesn't work? In my career in litigating trade secret cases, often that's some of the most valuable trade secret information. It's the negative know-how. It's the failed experiments. And then also trade secrets law encompasses public elements that are uniquely combined, what we call the combination analysis. So to give you an example of, of, you know, what are the descriptors for trade secrets, you can start with the Uniform Trade Secrets Act. And in the Uniform Trade Secrets Act, trade secret is defined to mean information, any information, including a formula, pattern, compilation, program, device, method, technique, or process that derives independent economic value, actual or potential, from not being generally known to and not being readily ascertainable by proper means and is the subject of efforts that are reasonable under the circumstances to maintain its secrecy. Then you can look at the definition of a trade secret uh, in the Restatement Third of Unfair Competition in 1995. Definition of a trade secret. A trade secret is any information that can be used in the operation of a business or other enterprise and that is sufficiently valuable and secret to afford an actual or potential economic advantage over others. And finally, we have the Economic Espionage Act of 1996, which is now the repository for the Defend Trade Secrets Act of 2016. And this statutory definition, the term trade secret means all forms and types of financial, business, scientific, technical, economic, or engineering information, including patterns, plans, compilations, program devices, formulas, designs, prototypes, methods, techniques, processes, procedures, uh, programs or codes, whether tangible or intangible, and whether or how stored, compiled, or memorialized physically, electronically, graphically, photographically, or in writing. So the point is, is that you have this entire gamut and this entire universe of any information in order to identify your critical assets, your trade secret assets. Terrific. 
Um, and one of the things that we certainly wanted to get across to the folks that are listening today, um, certainly those of you that are like me and you've spent most of your career on the insurance side of the equation, I've um, failed to mention that I spent 30 years as a broker before I jumped ship to go try to do this endeavor that's near and dear to my heart. Um, you may not understand kind of what's going on in the environment and why trade secrets have become so important, which is, leads us to the next point of the discussion. Um, and th that is that the trade secret environment in the United States has really dramatically shifted over the last couple of years. And there are several reasons why that's the case. Uh, the first is, as Mark mentioned, that until 2016, when the DTSA was passed, the Defend Trade Secrets Act, there was little protection at the federal level for enforcement of trade secret misappropriation, except under the criminal code. Um, and therefore, uh, organizations would typically choose to go some other route in terms of protecting their designs, formulas, etc., um, because they were difficult to defend and enforce. Secondly, at the same time, the Patent Office, the USPTO, has made it more difficult as we move along into a more digital or gig economy um, for organizations to get their patent filings approved, certainly because there are more, um, there's more sharing of, you know, software code and it's very easy to potentially, you know, use other people's software code, but also business processes are uh, becoming more of what is a differentiator between you and your competition in terms of making you better, faster, stronger, and business processes have always been very difficult to get approved from a patent perspective. Um, and at the same time, there are certain industries like the chemical um, industry, for example, that by for strategy purposes, uh, for strategic reasons, typically doesn't file for patents. And if you think about any intellectual property asset that somewhere along the uh, spectrum of somewhere in the R&D phase, you may not even realize that it's become valuable over a period of three or four years if it's not sitting in your R&D department and it's just become a better and better process or a way to do something. Um, organizations, up until they decide whether to file something as a patent, are sitting on a treasure trove, potentially, of trade secrets, and they don't even realize it. Um, most organizations today realize the importance of trade secrets. In a survey that was done actually a couple of years ago now by Baker and McKenzie back in 2017, um, it became clear, and I'm, I'm guessing if they were to redo this um, survey today, the numbers would be even higher, but senior executives recognize, 80% of them recognize that trade secrets are critical to their business, and 69% foresee trade secrets becoming more critical than any other type of intellectual property. Over 60% say that trade secret protection is a board-level issue, yet the really interesting thing about it is that there is no current insurance protection. Um, which is really the crux of why we started this business at Crown Jewel Insurance. Um, in my personal, you know, professional career in the last five years or so, we really, I think, nailed, nailed the cyber coverage and had a very good response for our clients when it came to privacy and the disclosure of personally identifiable information and business interruption losses related to 
um, downtime and, and those types of things. And so the cyber market had matured, but the one area that was still kind of a, um, a gaping hole, if you will, in the insurance response to the changing environment, the digital environment in particular around IP was that the policies don't cover the first party value of trade secrets against theft or misappropriation. And so we sought out to change that, to make it so that we could build a market and build services to support the insurance products so that the underwriters would feel more comfortable that the trade secrets they're insuring have, have the proper security around them, have a defensible valuation around them, that we know how to go after a misappropriator once we know who that person or company is, and that we have a mechanism in place to do that. And so that is really what all of this culminates in, is we want to help innovative companies um, that are developing new technologies that could change the world by providing an insurance backstop for them if somebody compromises those assets. So that's what we're about. Really, as we talked about and talked about and talked about how to cover or try to cover the intrinsic value of trade secrets against misappropriation or other compromise in the cyber market over the years, um, it was a topic at every conference. You know, how do we how do we help our clients? Um, you know, figure out how to cover. You know, what's hidden on their computers somewhere um, that is potentially provides way more valuable value to them than their tangible assets, their desks and their actual computers and their buildings that most likely they don't own. Um, and the prob the biggest challenge that we ran into in general was valuation. It was seen as very subjective, hard to agree upon, hard to get insurers to um, not take a header, but more um, take a, a reasonable risk um, that they could insure the value of those trade secrets on the basis of a third party, you know, determined and agreed upon value so that on the back end, we, we would not have trouble adjusting those claims and having everybody argue after the fact that even though we valued a, an asset at X when the policy incepted, when the, when the loss was discovered, you know, two years later, it really hadn't come to fruition the way the insured thought it would and they didn't gain near as much market share. Well, we, we're addressing all of that in this process, which, which will come out a little bit further. But it does talk about one of the most important gaps in the IP risk management strategy that most organizations are facing today. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about formal risk management process and strategy in a second. Um, but the fact of the matter is that even though the market recognizes and most senior leadership and board members and other stakeholders like investors recognize that intellectual property or intangible assets have a lot of value, unless something is patented or unless it's a trade secret asset that they paid a market price for during a recent acquisition, what we're finding is that most companies don't put an individual value on an individual trade secret asset, which was shocking to me, fr frankly, when I went into this process. But I think um, what we've discovered is there are a lot of reasons why. Um, the trade secrets gain a lot of value over time, and they kind of sneak up on you, if you will. Um, you might be you know, developing processes, process improvement, 
you know, methodologies internally that make your um, the ability to load and move your product around faster, better than your competition, which of course saves you time and money. Um, and all of a sudden you've got yourself a nice little trade secret that you've spent, you know, three years developing and perfecting that you maybe didn't put a dollar value on. Um, you also don't have a piece of paper or, you know, some sort of formal attribution or confirmation that some, from a third party that something is a trade secret, like you do if you file um, for other formal types of intellectual property protection. Um, and, you know, unless you're trying to license or sell that technology, there, there may not be a, a need or the understanding that there's a need to value that asset. And frankly, it takes a lot of work. A lot of work um, until now, which we'll get to in a moment, um, to uh, around everything else that you have to do related to your intellectual property assets and all of the things you have to juggle from an enterprise risk management standpoint to implement a formal valuation and trade secret asset management program is time consuming. Um, and it just sort of goes by the wayside, I think, internally with competing priorities. And then perhaps the most important reason is that up until now, you couldn't ensure the value of trade secrets against misappropriation. Um, there is insurance for, you know, potentially um, enforcement of your rights, you know, which becomes a litigation issue as opposed to a just a first party payment. Um, but, you know, we're trying to change that. And then one huge thing, especially for some small to medium-sized companies who are looking for better loan terms or additional funding from private equity or venture capital investors, is that once you put a dollar value, a supportable dollar value on an asset, whether it's tangible or intangible, and then you can insure that asset, you might be able to use the proceeds of that insurance policy as collateral. Um, so that in and of itself is a reason to value your trade secrets and potentially insure them. So I think um, just given, given the time and the fact that we have so many other things to get to on different podcasts, that might close it out for us today, Mark. But Thank you so much for your time today. If you enjoyed this, make sure to tune in to our next episode of Cover Your Assets, where we will continue discussing trade secret protection and the insurance we've developed around that. If you want more information about Crown Jewel Insurance, please visit our website at www.tradesecretinsurance.com or connect with us on LinkedIn at Crown Jewel Insurance. Additionally, we have a full-length webinar with several experts that are included in our consortium available on YouTube for review. Our YouTube channel is Crown Jewel Insurance. Thank you so much.